As you guys are grabbing a seat, uh, there are Bibles in the windowsills. If you want to grab a Bible, if you didn't bring one with you, or if you don't have an app or whatever, feel free to grab one of those um, so you find somewhere, somewhere to sit, I hope, somewhere. Um, so we're all in agreement that uh, you've barely gotten started in school and you're already stressed out about it. And of course you are. Like, of course, I mean, I'm not at all surprised that when I say, how many of you in the room are stressed out? You all raise your hands. I'm not surprised by that because you're kind of supposed to be. Like, that, didn't, didn't it feel like you're supposed to be really stressed out? But like, like our whole culture like, is stressed out all of the time. Like, we, just, we are. Like, there's this part of us that we're just always like, working and striving and, and like, churning out a little bit more productivity, a little bit more stuff on your schedule, and we're, just, we're always people that are stressed out. You're stressed out about school already, and you've barely started. Like, you got, they, have, like, they give you like, the list of like, when all the tests and stuff. They, they do that in high school, like, like a syllabus. Is it real? You don't know. You're like, I don't, I, I'm just faking this whole stress thing. I really don't care at all, right? Yeah. There's, but you, you've like looked through all the things that you're going to have to accomplish in school, like in their class that you're taking, between now and the end of the year, and it's, it's absolutely overwhelming. Maybe you've like gone through and you've got, got a little calendar out and you've written down all these different assignments. Like I have no idea how I'm supposed to read this book and this book and take this test in the same three-day period, but you know that week is coming. It's going to happen, and you're already stressed about it, even though you don't even like own the book. You don't have it yet, and you're already worried about getting the stuff done. Those of you who do sports, you're in a band or you do dance or something, there's all that stuff that you didn't like layer on top of it. So if you've got your little calendar there, you get a different color pen, unless you're colorblind like me, and then you like you have a different section of all that stuff on top of it. Like, like all of the practices, all of the mandatory things you have, and yeah, we gotta go have a car wash at Arby's for some reason, even though we make like 60 bucks in eight hours. Like we're all we all have to go. We all have to go do that stuff. So mom, I can't do anything any weekend between now and Christmas because I play a horn. Like, I mean, you just can't do anything. You're already booked out. So you've got all the school stuff, and then you've got all the sports stuff, and all the activity stuff, and then on top of that, some of you actually have jobs because you have to, like, pay for your stuff at Sonic, and, and you know, so you got to go, you know, to Sonic, I guess. I don't know where you work. I think you all work at Insanity. I don't know how many people work there. It seems like a thousand. And, and, and you, you have to go there, and there's like that weird, creepy guy who's your boss and has, tells you you have to work like during a school, but you're stressed out about it because you can't go to work during school because you're a high school student, right? And so like there's all, I have to tell a boss I can't go to work. I'm going to get fired, but I have to go to school because I'll get arrested. Like there's this whole thing. Yeah? And then you put on your family stuff on top of it. The family stuff that you only really talk about and nobody really knows about because all your families are a mess too, right? And this is the family's life stuff that stresses you out and you think about kind of late at night when you're laying there and you're like, God fix my family and God fix my family. And there's just like this like relational stress on top of the busyness. And there's all that friend drama stuff because like people like have a really hard time having friends for some reason. And like the person that used to be your best friend like six seconds ago is now like your enemy of the world or something. Like you're like, it's like, Batman and the Joker now, I don't know, like, and you're always Batman, and, and they're always the bad guy, right? And there's this awkwardness and this stuff, and trying to navigate how to, like, respond to some of these messages you get, and there's this meanness and anger, and you're not really sure what to do, and you're trying not to respond in the same kind, you're trying to, you know, be the person you know you're called to be, as if you're a Christian in the room, but there's this, this it's, it's, it's hard. You got all this friend drama stuff. And then in those of you who, um, well, not those of you, it's all of you. Either you're dating somebody or you want to be dating somebody. You're glad you're not dating somebody anymore. That's all of you, all right? 
And then that op occupies like the rest of your headspace. Like whatever else, whatever space was left is now decimated uh, off the people you like, or did they like you, or hey, it would be really nice if you liked me because I've liked you for three years, and could you like me back now? It's, I've waited long enough. Can we do this? Can, can, we, can we hold hands? Please. Like, you know, it, there's that. You get all this. And then those of you who are juniors and seniors in high school, like you're supposed to know what to do with the rest of your life by now, apparently. Where are the juniors and seniors? Like, where are you at? Okay, it's, it's time. You have to know what you're going to be doing when you're 55. You picked it. Did you, you like take a quiz online to tell you to be a crossing guard? You know, like, <laughs> it's like just be a crossing guard, man. It's fine. Kids, you know, stop. You're supposed to figure out what you're going to do the rest of your life, and not only that, you gotta, you gotta like pick a school because everybody goes to college now, because of course you do, and and so like you gotta, you gotta like have this this plan for like after, you know, college, after 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 high school, you're gonna do something. Like you're gonna, you have to like get more education, so you're gonna figure out what your thing is that you're gonna do. You gotta pick it. You gotta like, you know, there's all these choices. There's like folders that people start mailing to your house, and like all of it's like a trillion dollars, and you don't know what to do. Like you just. You don't know what to do. So you got the school, and then you got your activities, and then you got your work stuff, and then you got your family stuff that no one knows about. Then you got your friend drama on top of the dating drama on top of I've got to figure out the rest of my life in like the next 20 minutes. That sound about like your life? Yeah. It's enough to make you, it's enough to like I, I get not, at night, I think most of us live in this scenario where we're just that stressed out and that burdened, we're that busy and we're that burdened by all of this stuff. And it's enough like, at the end of the day, like when you finally get into your bed and you're trying to like let your brain shut down for a second, you can't let your brain shut down because you can't sit still because if you just like curled up into a ball to try to escape it for a minute, your mind is, would just fixate and think about all the things that you should be doing or could be doing or need to decide on or need to figure out and you just spins and spins and spins. So then you find yourself spending more and more time just trying to escape your life. You're so stressed out about making perfect. And so you like play Fortnite for like 17 hours a day so you don't have to think about all the stuff you should be doing to make this little life perfect, right? You just escape. I think... Um, I think if like we had a scale or something in here, like if there's like, a, uh, like a, I think for most of us, like on a daily basis, when I meet people, it just feels like your soul's stressed out. And so I think if I like, gave you a scale of, oh, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm totally fine. I'm like on a beach and it's great and there's nothing to worry about to um, uh, like full out crazy. Um, most of you kind of operate day in, day out at full out crazy. Like you, you, this, you, you, you identify with that. Like if I had to rate my stress... I'm pretty close to 2007 Brittany. Look how happy she is. She's so happy. She's like, I know how I'm going to solve my problems, you guys. Like this. That's gross. That needs to go away. Okay. That's, that's where you live. You ever like stop and wonder, like, what are we doing? You ever, like, do you ever stop and think about that? Like, with all that crazy and all that stress and all that burden and all that spinning, and then you're escaping all the spinning. Like, have you ever, do you ever, like, what am I doing? Is it really supposed to be like that? 
Is that the way, is that, the way that life is intended to be lived? Like, listen, if you're, if you're a Christian in the room, is that the way God intended your life to be lived? Under that amount of burden, under that amount of weight, under that amount of stress, is that the way that God intended you to live your life? If you're not a Christian in the room, and you're standing on your own in this life, I get it. Because it's just you. But if you're a Christian in the room, it's not just you. And if you're a Christian in the room, like, like if you're stopped, like, is, 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 is this the way that God intended me to live this life? This stressed out, this burdened by all of the things. Trying to figure my own life out, trying to figure out every decision, trying to figure out how to navigate all the complexities of all these relationships and how to handle all these things and add on all these activities so I can get enough stuff on my college application that someone will let me into a school I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be there or not, that I just picked out of the wind because they gave me enough money. Is that the way that God intended you to live your life? Hard no. No. Solid, solid no on, on that one. Can I, just, can I just give you a little hope here, a little peace? Like, if you're a Christian, this is not the way life has to be lived. I just want that to, like, if you're a Christian, I just want that to rest on you. This is not the way that life has to be lived. If you're not a Christian in the room, this is the crazy thing that I want to, like, just sit in your lap. Um, your life doesn't have to look like that. You don't have to be the supreme authority of your universe. I know you've been operating like you are, and you've been carrying the weight of all that, but you don't have to, because there is one greater. But for those of us in the room who are Christians, we still have a hard time remembering that there's one greater because we, we keep putting ourselves in his place. And so this, this is where I want us to be in Scripture tonight. I just want to give you this passage that I think is incredibly freeing and actually gives you some tangible ways to handle um, a life if your life sounds like that. It's in Book of Proverbs, which totally makes sense. Book of Wisdom, right? So it's in Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, down in verse 7, it says this. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and turn away from evil. It'll be health for your, for your flesh. Like It'll be health for your flesh, and it'll be refreshment for your bones. And it's not talking about like your literal bones and skin and stuff. It's talking about like your soul, like the totality of who you are. If you will do these things, it just, it's, it just, there's peace, there's rest, there's refreshment. There's the opposite of your life. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God. Turn away from evil and it'll be restoration for you. It'll be health for your flesh. It'll be rest for your bones. Doesn't, doesn't verse 8, doesn't that, like, doesn't that give you a little hope? Doesn't that sound good? Like, there's like thinking about that. Like, there's, there's this rest, there's this refreshment, there's this healing for, like, your soul. And that's the opposite of the way that you operate in daily life, when you're just spinning and you're spinning and you're spending everything that you've got, and then you're trying to escape to just, just kind of, like, recharge for a minute, and escaping doesn't really seem to recharge you. You're still just as tired when you have tried to escape for a minute. It's just over and over, and it's day in, day out, and it's just constant uh, weight. It's constant striving. And then you get to verse 8. It'll be health. It'll be refreshment. I think in a world like, like ours, where everybody seems to be falling apart under the stress of life, verse 8 sounds absolutely beautiful. 
I think if you're not a Christian in the room, verse 8 sounds too good to be true. It sounds impractical. It sounds unrealistic. But it's not. See, everyone I meet feels soul-level tired. They feel like, we feel like we're stooped under, like crumbling beneath the weight of just normal life. And for people who live like us, who have been told to to work harder and harder, to do more and more, to, to achieve even higher and higher standards... Verse 8 is peace. You're comparing yourself to people all over the world on social media. Like, like they are smarter. They are better. Their backflip is cooler than yours. And you push a little bit harder. Verse 8 speaks peace. So how do we get there? How do we, how do we get to verse 8? How do we get to health and refreshment? What, how do you get there? How do you get to be okay? It's verse 7. It's verse 7. And it's, it's like really practical. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. It just says three things. And what, I, what I'm just going to suggest to you, if you'll live by these three things, it'll change your life. If you'll leave, live by these three things, it'll change your life. But it would not and will not be easy. The first thing it says is be not wise in your own eyes. I know that sounds a little like Yoda. Be not wise in your own like, eyes. Like, there's a little Yoda-y there, but like, you, you get it. It's just don't, don't be wise in your own eyes. Like, don't, don't think that you are more wise than you really are. Like, you're a high school student. I'm a 33-year-old. Like, I, I'm like, don't we? <laughs> be not wise in your own eyes. Listen, nobody knows you better than you, right? Nobody knows you better than you. And you know, you know, like deep down, like inside and maybe on the outside, you are a smoldering mess, right? Like, you, you know the crazy that goes on inside of you. You know, you know that you intend to do things that you never, ever get done. You know that you know good and well that if you just spent five minutes doing that task, it would be over and done with, but instead you procrastinate for like seven hours. You're acting like a crazy person. You know you're a crazy person, right? Everybody else is like, they got their stuff together. They're well-adjusted good. And you're like, no, I'm crazy. Like, you, just, <laughs> do you, you don't let them know. You don't let them know. But you know you, Right? You know, you know what you can handle and what you can't. You know that you're on the brink of falling apart sometimes. You know the things that stress you. You know when you have absolutely no idea what to say or do in small situations. In relatively small things, you have no idea what to say or do, no idea how to proceed. So you're just guessing. You're just making it up. Do you really think you're the best person to trust with what your life plan is going to be? You can't decide what you want for lunch. Like, you can't decide where you want, like, do you want to go to Arby's or something else? Like, you, like, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. Where do you want to go? Other person, you tell me what my choices are, right? And the, the person next to you is, is, is always better equipped to decide what you want to eat than you are. But you're, 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 you have all the wisdom in you to, like, plot the course of your life in eternity. You're wise enough to figure out who you need to spend the rest of your life with. You're wise enough to decide whether somebody's, you know, is somebody you need to attach yourself to in a dating relationship for the next three years. You're wise, like, you? You know you. Like, does the person next to you think that you're capable of figuring all that stuff out for them? Like, the, like, the, like you're, if you're sitting next to your best friend in the world, they, they know you second best behind you, all right? And they know you're kind of, kind of a mess. They don't know the full crazy yet. Like, would they trust you with picking a college for them? 
And if they do, they're dumb. No, no, like you, no, you should not do that. Like they, they like, I mean, they're nice and funny. Like they say some funny junk sometimes, but like, I'm not going to like let them pick my career. Well, if they're not going to let you pick, why, why would you let you pick? See what we do, like we have this glitch in us or something. Like all of us have this like glitch in our, in our brains where we, we like, we forget you really don't know what you're doing. I'm not trying to be harsh. Like, I don't know what I'm doing either. Like, we're, we're like, we have this glitch where we forget you don't really know what you're doing. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to get through it. You are not the source of all wisdom and insight in the universe. But all of a sudden, like, we have this glitch. We glitch out, and you start believing that you, you possess far more wisdom than you really do. Right? Do you have that glitch? Like, nod, nod with me if sometimes you're like, yeah, sometimes I think I know more than I probably actually do. You do. We all do. We all have this glitch in us where we know we're a mess. We know we act like a crazy person sometimes. But then when it comes to big decisions and important stuff, all of a sudden we're like, no, I've got it all together. Everyone else is telling me I'm wrong. Just excuse me. I'm far superior to you. My intellect and my experience as a 14-year-old, I've got this. You know? That's why you don't listen to people around you, because you've decided that you are wiser than all the other voices that are speaking into your life. So when your parents, who have actually traversed a whole lot more life than you have, they speak in your life, like, no, nah, I got this, because you are being wise in your own eyes. And when the God of the universe speaks into your life, or offers to speak into your life through the Word of God, like the Bible, like, you're like, yeah, I don't need that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need his input. I don't need the word of God. I don't need scripture. I don't need to memorize this stuff because I've got this because I am the source of all wisdom and insight in the universe. Didn't you guys get the memo? I'm awesome. And verse 7 is like, no, um, <clears throat> no, you're not. You need to be really careful when you start getting wise in your own eyes. When you think you've got it all together. When you think you've got what it takes to make the decision. When you think that you can handle it you're thinking you're wise in your own eyes. And when you think you're wise in your own eyes, you know what that means? That means that you diminished everyone else's wisdom, specifically God's. When you're wise, God's not. When you're the one who gets to call the shots, when you've got what it takes to call all the shots, what that means is that God doesn't. Because you've got more wisdom than he does. Do you believe that? Look at me. Do you believe that you have more wisdom than God of the universe? No. No, you know that's not true. Are you acting like it's true? Are you trusting your wisdom or his? Are you living in his way or yours? Are you following his path or yours? Who's in charge? Who's wise in your eyes? You or the Father? So it starts, if you want this health, if you want this restoration, if you want this hope and this peace, if you want to be okay, it starts with recognizing the fact that you don't have what it takes but there is one who does. That's why the second one is to fear God. So be not wise in your own eyes. Don't think, you're, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And the second one is to fear God. Now, that, that word fear is not a word that we use a lot. Like you don't, we don't use this in this sense very much. But what that means is, 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 not, is not be afraid of. Maybe a little bit, but not in the way you think. It's not be afraid of. What, what, what fear God means is to revere in the deepest possible sense, to revere him. To, to honor him, to show the, the, the highest possible respect for him, all right? So like, like in Tuscaloosa, um, no one is more revered than Nick Saban, right? 
No one is more revered in, in the city of Tuscaloosa, Alabama than Nick Saban. It doesn't matter if like Jesus himself showed up, it, they'd have like a, it'd be like neck and neck, okay? And, which is not the way it should be, but it is the way it is, all right? And so um, no, nobody's, nobody's more revered than him. They should. So um, he, uh, Nick Saban owns, of course he does, he owns a whole bunch of land, right, that goes down to uh, this lake in Tuscaloosa. It's called Lake Tuscaloosa. It's a, it's, it's a real creative name. Anyway, um, and so my brother-in-law was, uh, we, we used to go out there and we used to like walk, there's a bunch of trails and stuff and we'd go walk dogs and go running and stuff out there on this stuff and didn't, never really thought anything about it. But we knew it was Nick Saban's land, but like, he's not really there, right? It's not like, it doesn't matter. Well, one day my brother-in-law's out there and he's walking a dog out there on Nick Saban's land. He's out there in this middle of this trail and he hears one of those like um, gators, like the off-road golf cart things, like coming up the trail and he sees it. And this like off-road golf cart thing turns, turns the corner and it's just like right in front of him. And there sits Nick Saban. My brother-in-law's got a dog on a leash. <laughs> and there's Saban. And Saban just stared at him, just like locked eyes with him. He's like. No one spoke. Saban put it in reverse, backed up, put it in drive, drove away. We've never gone back. We've never gone back. The man didn't have to speak. He just stared for like 10 seconds and it like, I'm never going back. I'm not gonna, I, don't, I don't even know if he was mad about it. He just left. I don't even know. I'm, not, I'm never going back there again. All right? Like it was terrifying. There's this reverence. Like there's this, you re, like, I'm, I ain't, I'm not messing with Nick Saban's land. I'm not saying I'm going to do that. Apparently he had a feeling about it. I don't know what it was. He didn't tell me. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not messing with it. There's this, this element with us and God where there's supposed to be a, 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 an element of, of us fearing God, having a, having a reverent fear of Him. Not in, love, in, a, in a afraid sense and trying to keep a distance from and hiding from Him, but the things that, that, that are against the will of God are things that we should hide from. Do you get that? The things that break the heart of God are things that we should hide from. The things that God calls us into are the things that we should run towards. The thing that God says is good for us, we should hold to be good for us. There's people in your life that you honor, that you respect. Like, you respect what they have to say, right? Think about who those people are. Think about the people in your life that you you really respect. And if they they had a real honest conversation with you, a heart-to-heart, and they said, listen, this this is what I think you need to do. You would consider doing it, at least, right? Like, you would probably do it if it's the person that you, you respected most in life, and they tried to speak truth and, and tried to help you move forward in life. Like, you would do what they had to say. And there's this God, with all wisdom and insight, who loves you more than anybody on the planet loves you, who has given you, in the, in the Word of God, what, what it says, like, has given you everything you need for life and godliness, you know the things that he's called you into. You know the things that he's called you away from. You know the ways he's called you to live your life. When it says to fear God, it means to live life the way God calls you to live life. So it says, be not wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you've got it all figured out. But instead, fear God. Live the way he's got it figured out. Live the way he's pointed you to. Not your way. Listen, there's, there's a, a great freedom in reminding yourself that you don't have it all together. But there is one who does. There's a great freedom in this. Like, you don't have it all together, there is, but there is one who does. There is one with infinite wisdom who loves you perfectly. The two verses before this make this promise to you. In verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding, your little understanding, like my little one. Don't lean on your understanding. Instead, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to make your path straight. It's like if you're just, you're just following him, the one who does have it all together, if you're fearing God, living in his way, following his course, he's going to make your path straight. You don't have to worry about it because he knows he's powerful enough. He's got this. You don't, got, you don't have it. And he does. So who's... Whose authority are you living by? Because I think, I think you're living on yours, and if you're living on yours, then like you have to be the source of wisdom for every decision you make, and I just don't think I'm capable of that. Taken together, these first two, they basically mean this. You need to trust yourself a lot less and trust God a lot more. That's simple enough? Like if you want to get to this point of this health and this restoration for your soul, if you want to have straight paths before you, if you want to know how to live this life in a way that isn't crushing you, you need to trust yourself a lot less. And you need to trust God a lot more. That sounds pretty easy, right? Of course it isn't, but I just, I just I think this. Like if you just imagined you holding all the things that stress you out, the craziness of your life, and you put it in your little hands. You held all of your crazy in your two little hands. I think the crazy of your life is going to look a lot smaller and more manageable if you were to place it in God's hands. And all of a sudden, the insanity of your life looks really small before a holy and perfect God. I think the problem is that you and I think a whole lot of ourselves and a whole little of our God. We follow real hard after what we think is right, and we don't follow at all after what the God says is right. And we find ourselves in all kinds of mess because of it. Trust yourself a lot less and trust him a lot more. And the last thing it says is just turn away from evil. And at this point, this just seems obvious, right? If you're going to trust yourself a lot less, you're going to trust him a lot more. If you're fearing God, you're living life in the way he's called you to live, you're obviously going to be one who's turning away from evil. But for some reason, we're people who just keep running into it. We run to it. I think all the sin in life comes from messing up number one and number two. Number one and number two, when you're like, you think you're right, and you think very little of what God has to say about anything, you're going to find your way towards sin. But when you're trusting yourself a lot less and you're trusting God a lot more, all of a sudden sin doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit the formula anymore and it becomes a whole lot more manageable. But it's worth, it's worth saying, sin is after you. Run. Like at the beginning of your school year, like you're, you're, you're like forging new relationships, your friend group is shifting. Sin is after you. Run. 1 Peter 5, 8 reminds you, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour, and he's going to get some of you. Run. Trust yourself a lot less. Trust him a lot more. What's your stress level? On a scale of 1 to 10, you're probably somewhere around 11.5. It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to me. It does not have to be that. I'm preaching myself. It doesn't have to be that way, Britton. Like, I, I, we, you and I, if you're a Christian in the room, we've got to think a lot less of ourselves and a lot more of our God. That's going to be okay. The more, the, the better we get at that, the better we get, the better I get at not trusting myself and instead trusting myself to the Father. It's going to be okay. I want, to answer, I want you to answer some questions just in your own heart for me. I just want to think about these. First one is this, have you been trusting in yourself
for your choices? Like if you're making your decision, like who, who are you trusting in to make decisions? You? You know you're a crazy person, right? Second was this. Have, have, you, have you been seeking God in the big things and the small things? Like the big things, like what school am I going to go to? The small things, like should I be at that party? Have you, have you even like considered him in the, in the big things or the small things? If not, then there's an indicator. Last is, is there some sin wrapped around your heart? Is there some sin wrapped around your heart? Dragging you away from him. Lying to you that you've got this whether it's pride or it's self-sufficiency or it's just like straight up messy, like you got some sin wrapped around your heart. My, my challenge to you tonight is, is simply this. It's to pass the burden, burden of life off your shoulders onto God's. To trust yourself a lot less with it, trust him a lot more with it. To stop considering yourself wise enough to handle all of your crazy and instead just place it in his hands and trust him to take care of it. If you're not a Christian in the room, I want you to know um, that I don't, I don't understand how you make it through life without uh, trusting God. I don't, I don't know how you handle the stress. I don't know how you handle the fear. I don't know how you handle the future. I don't know how you handle eternity. I don't know how you process any of that. I remember being there, and I don't know how I would have gotten to where I am now having not trusted Christ to take care of life for me, take care of my sin for me. So if you're not a Christian, this is what I want you to know. God loves you even though you don't love him. It's not really a problem. Like, he, he loves you even though you don't love him. He loves you so much, in fact, that he's already, he already paid for all your mess, all your sin, all your mistakes. He paid for for you before you could ask because he loves you. He's offered his son, Jesus, as a gift for you. Jesus Literally, he died on a cross where you should have died. That your, that's your stuff he paid for. And if you'll trust him, instead of trusting you, he'll save you. He'll wipe you get to be your, your, your wipe clean. He's, he's offered you everything you need, and if you'll just say yes, you'll be forgiven, you'll be restored, you'll have this hope, you'll have this one to lean on that you'd, you've never leaned on before. I don't know how I'd get through life without it. In just a few minutes, um, well, our band's coming up, but in, in, in just a few minutes, um, you're going to head to some small groups. Leaders, while I was talking, just remember I didn't send you an email. Good luck. You're going to do great. Um, I believe in you. Do great things. Uh, but those leaders, besides from furiously writing questions down right now, are, um, are also here to talk with you and spend some time with you. Uh, so if at any point you have any question about anything, if you want to say, hey, here's, here's the craziness of my life. Can you help me figure out what to do with this? And they're going to point you to Scripture. They're going to help, but they're going to point you to Scripture. They're not going to be your authority. God's your authority. If you, just want, to say, if you want to say, listen, that, that, that guy out there with the Barbie mic was talking about how I could like, be forgiven or something. I'd like to know more about that. Um, talk to your small group leader. Talk to the friend who invited you. We're here for you. Nobody's going to shove anything down your throat. Nobody's going to be weird. Nobody's like, going to... like freak you out, all right? But we want to be family for you. Let us. So have the boldness to ask the questions. Listen, if you're a Christian and you're, you're drowning, ask for a hand. 
This whole thing isn't meant to be done by yourself. You're not supposed to figure all this stuff out by yourself. You got some people around you, ask for a hand. Get somebody to be praying for you. Get somebody to help you find some scripture to like rest in. Like ask for help. If you're drowning, ask for help. That's why we're here. Our band's going to lead us in a, in a, in a song, and, and it's just going to be a time for you to, to worship and to reflect and think on, on what that has to say. Listen, if, if you are stressed right now, or ever have been, or ever will be, you've got to come to a point where you trust yourself a lot less and trust him a lot more. Let me pray for you. Father, um, I'm so thankful that we've got you to trust in, that we have something greater than ourselves that we can, that we can lean upon. Because, God, I'm not strong enough or wise enough or whatever enough to, to do all the things you've called me to do. None of us are. And so for the, the ones in the room who are stressed out beyond belief, who will stay up at night with their minds just spinning with all the stuff going on, I pray, God, that you would give them peace. Not, not, not solutions, but that you would give them peace knowing that, that, that you are greater. I pray that they trust themselves less and trust you more. For those in the room who aren't Christians, who don't have you to rely on at all yet, I pray that by your kindness, by your goodness, that you would draw them to yourself. That tonight, that they would come up to somebody and say, Look, I'm a, dude, I don't know what's going on. I'm a, can we talk? God, give them boldness to say, hey, can we talk? Help us be family for each other. We love you. It's your Sunday prayer. Amen. Why don't you stand with us?